All right, Connor, I know we finished recording, but after we stopped recording early this morning, I had some breaking squash news coming out of Egypt. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors swirling in Egypt right now. Um, so we have some breaking news and we, we thought we'd be remiss if we didn't mention it because um, we are journalists, if, if in the end of the day, if, if nothing else, I'd, correct? I'd say journalist light. Journalist light. And just know this came out in Arabic. So I had to actually go and go to Babel and uh, Rosetta Stone just to get the true translation. So I want to make sure this is accurate. So are, are you ready? I'm ready. Jana Shia tweeted this around 1.30 this afternoon. After the first hug, I felt the same dizziness I used to get when I suddenly stand up after a long sitting. This time, my heart sat to rest for the first time after a lifetime of standing. Wow. I'm trying to piece this all together. Love you, Jana. <laughs> or Jana. All right. Bye. Should we uh, Bye. let the folks get into the episode now? Yes. About to leave. Already packing, come with me, I'm not really asking, we'll get away to a place where we don't know. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of the Weekly Roundup, catching up on the headlines and results from the professional tour and college squash. But Bill, it's a little sad. College squash season has come to an end. A little sad. Uh, I'm a little sad, Connor. I this is like I have the Monday morning blah. So either I'm gonna this is gonna either be the worst podcast we've ever done, which is very possible. Well, it's a, I don't know what the bar is on that, or I'm gonna say something that I absolutely shouldn't say. We're either gonna have to cut it out, or I'm gonna get in trouble because I'm in a, I'm in a foul foul mood. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, I mean, look at it. it's it's March. It's like 12 degrees outside. We're supposed to get like a foot of snow tonight. Just a nightmare. I mean, spring, I was ready for spring. I played golf on Friday. I had my day off on Friday. I played some golf. It was nice out. It's pretty nice over the weekend, and now we're gonna get like a foot of snow tonight. So f that. F all. F everything. F everyone. How's that? <laughs> oh, how's that? All right. How's yeah. that? Uh, good. Well, you know, that's oh, yeah. helpful oh, yeah. for me to calibrate uh, what's yeah. going on and what I'm getting myself into. Could or just what be the, the audience is. Could be the college squash season being over bummed me out too. That could be it. It's all. It's all. It's an avalanche. It's an avalanche of things. Plus, my girl, my girl, tomato lost in uh, in the semis, and but we'll get to that in Calgary. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So it wasn't just not well, good. Things aren't good. So uh, daylight savings happened this past weekend. Do, where, do you care about this or I, not? I do care about it, and I I I, I hate it. I I, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I hate everything right now, so that's uh, daylight okay. savings is just another thing I hate. I do like the fact it's going to be lighter out, but can't we just keep this like the whole time? Yeah, I mean that's a whole separate thing, and and it's it, I think it's also um, it was supposed to be voted on, but it just it hasn't happened yet. So Congress <sighs> hasn't. Can can you imagine if we had to debate that all, all the crap that goes on the, like in now in the country that like people <laughs> people are debating about and like to have to actually debate about that? Holy crap! Let's just yeah. uh, let's just do it like. Biden signed signed it and do like can't they do executive orders? Remember when remember when Trump first became president? Like literally every day he was like writing an executive order. Like why, sure. why doesn't Biden do that on this? I, I don't know. I don't. It's a good question. But I I always daylight savings day. I always get really excited because you know more sunlight. Um, I mean spring is coming. I, I get re, I get really excited. So. I do too. How but if, it, if it wasn't going to snow, if it wasn't going to dump a foot of snow on me tonight, I would be Connor. I'd be just as excited as you, but I'm not. Yeah. Well, and 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 here in DC, it was really actually cold and rainy, so it really dampened my uh, my enthusiasm. But it was still there. Good. Um, okay. Carry the show. Carry and, the show, Connor. I need you to carry the show. Step up and carry, carry the show. I've been carrying the show for three years. Time for you to step up today. I'm not. I'm oh, not. Man. I'm not with it today. You. It's all about you. Show us your expertise. 
<laughs> okay, I appreciate the pressure. Um, and and uh, coming this week, though, St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day on Friday. St. Patrick's Day is, is one of those weird holidays, especially where I live in the Northeast, because every city celebrates it like on a different day, right? So, yeah. like, Ch- where I, where Chicago I live always- milks it. They try and get, like, three weekends out of it. They're, like, the pre-St. Patrick's Day celebration, St. Patrick's Day, yeah. and then, like, hey, guess what? We got another one. So, yeah. That, it could be the reason that, that one of the reasons I'm bummed out. So, Saturday was the St. Patrick's Day in the town that I live in, in Milford, Connecticut. And, um, I, 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 so I, I didn't go, I never go to the parade itself because I'm not a big parade person, but I like to go to the aftermath. Like last year, I went to the aftermath and it was kind of fun. Like you go to the, the bars and pubs and stuff, and it was a nice day out. I went, to, I went this year and I lasted like 40 minutes. And I went home. <laughs> Just too crowded. Well, just too crowded, too loud, too young, too many drunk people. I mean, I felt I am, I am. Yeah, so in, in your fifties, maybe you could get away with it, but you know, the uh, sixty demarcation is really uh, it's I a strong one. All I wanted to do was go home, lay on my couch, and watch golf. How old is that? Like that is like that's like the worst, right? It's like the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of I'm already doing that in my 40s, so um, I, I'm actually excited because I've got some. Uh, I'm going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day with some true Irish people, Who? some Irishmen. Who? Yeah, so this is a family friend um, from uh, you know back from um, from Ireland in Dublin, and he lives here. I, I probably met him 10, 15 years ago, and I haven't seen him since. Uh, the father is uh, my dad's age, you know, in the 80s something, and. Uh, they're in, they live in D.C. as well, so it's like oh, it's going to be a. I'm I'm curious to see how it is. You haven't seen them in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you I don't. Met, well, I, they were 15 years ago. What if they're idiots now? I, I was great 15 years ago, Connor. Remember? <laughs> and no. look, and look how the milk has soured. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Wait, are you saying you're past your expiration date? Uh, dude, I'm way uh, past. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's quickly go through the rundown. And hey, Bill, I know that this can change on the fly, but let me at least just say what we're supposed to talk about. So, okay. recap the uh, PSA events that just happened. They announced some of the winners from Black Ball Chestnut Hill. Um, there's also some PSA action that's going on right now that Bill has his finger on the pulse that we're going to talk through. Uh, we're going to do fan light. Um, no. You know, no. No, we'll, we'll see. I, I've got one thing. I, I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. So uh, at least you know what's your show. I, I said earlier it's your show, so that's fine. Absolutely okay. fine. Make it good though. Don't the, be, don't don't let it be crap. You, well, you know, if it depends on it's kind of uh, how you react to it, Bill. So we'll see. I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going. I tell you right now, I'm not going to react well. This could be the show that yeah. ends our show. This is one of these days that we're <laughs> like you, we say something to each other that we can't come back from. Then you could be hanging out with your new Irish friends instead of maybe do a podcast with them. You know what? I'm 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 uh, open to uh, invites and offers. It'll be a, like around the court part two. Remember around the court with Stewart and Sackvi and um, uh, the like the dairy Arthur. girl, the dairy girls. Like you couldn't understand the word they were saying, but like they and they. Do you remember that? Like you could go back to that. Hi, yeah, Arthur Gaskin. Arthur Good Gaskin. Irishman. Yeah, nice Irishman. All right. So, <sighs> oh, and PSA rankings. Whew, my favorite thing. Uh, they, yeah, they 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 change every week, so I'm, it's tough to get excited about it. But we will because I know rankings are your thing. We will touch on them. How's that? A men of bill. I'll be a men of bill today. All to, right. To what you want? What direction you want to go in? Well, so um, yeah. Well, let's talk through uh, the wrap up of the PSA events that just happened. Announce sure. the winners. Sure. Um, 
old old yeah uh, breaking news uh mohammed al shabagi won uh won black ball what uh, yeah shocking right <laughs> really shocking that is actually pretty big news man. Good, i mean big, like good for him right i mean good news for him uh again the, the final against moment turned out to be a bit of a dud but the semifinals in that tournament were awesome against was, diego yeah right. and, and and moments uh moment semi-final was also awesome so um came down from two, I, two with, against macon yeah in that um in that match, uh, Shabagi versus um, Diego. I mean, there was a different Muhammad out there in terms of like he was just on the ball so early. Some of the shots he hit are gonna be classics right there. You know, like the the volley boasts off of uh, off of the cross court um, or the straight drive. Like it was just amazing. He was pouncing on everything. All time, all time match. Um, people are talking about. People are talking about that tournament being like the, the tournament that brought squash back because of all the nonsense that's been going on. And I, I kind of think it's like Asal got knocked out in the first round, so you couldn't talk about him the whole tournament and all the uh, the drama that comes along with him. So people are like, "Oh, this that's what squash should be." A lot of that's what squash should be. Talk from this black ball. And how do you feel about that, Bill? I, I you know what, I, I, I just go back to the the moment match <laughs> against Dasuki. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know. I was a little, yeah. I was a little soured by it. But good, good stuff. Um, and hey, but I give Shirbagi credit at his age to really the the resurgence he's had in the past. What is it now? Like almost two years now. Really, since Squash on Fire, uh, the two years ago. Um, back. It's it's great having. You know what? What I do miss. I miss Mohammed losing. Like somewhere in like the quarters or semis, and giving like the Mohammed El Shabagi State of the Union and why like every conspiracy theory and why everybody's against me and squash post match speeches. You missed that. I missed. You missed that. I do miss okay. it. I gotta miss it. So I'm looking forward to to something like that, something happening, something a miss happening in in uh, at Canary Wharf this week where Mohammed gets thrown off his game and says tells all of us we have no idea what's going. Although we all know what's going on in the background, Mohammed likes to tell us we have no idea what's going on in the background and what's a affecting uh his, his his mind at the time so I, I do look forward to that i do miss that so yeah uh, okay. on the women's side we had uh go gohar beat beat hamami in a in a 76 minute four game finals those, those let's face it those two hate each other it's great <laughs> they they hate each other they do it's great and i and i i'm, I'm here for it any tweets any no, tweets that went no, out no i think gohar's past all that i think he, she's like Mahami. you know i came back mm-hmm. I, I i got my revenge on hamami hamami i don't want to say hamami you're my blank but you know he's. I, I think there's such a, like a one-upsmanship when those play each other. They they totally dislike each other, and I love it. I mean, and the squash is solid. Like they, they don't. It doesn't manifest itself on court. So it's unlike when like Asal plays Dasuki or Dasuki plays Moment, or you know you get these rivals where the men and they can't like stop arguing each other and bouncing off. These two play. They they raise each other's games. I think. Yeah, I agree. So um, they um, that reminds me, we got to get her back on the pod. You remember the pod that we never? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the one, that, the one where she lost her internet, uh, and then and seven then it, times, and then it turned out like then seventeen other people had them on their po- had her on their podcast, and we're like, eh, we don't want her anymore. We're like that. If we can't, we need the exclusive. Uh, that is only shared by half of this. Um, I, I, I believe so. Hey, we almost got Joey Barrington to come on the podcast this morning to talk I about Canary people- Wharf. People are just going to think that that's an ongoing joke. You know? <laughs> I, well, it is kind of an ongoing joke. He said he said in his message to me this morning he couldn't come on to, this morning, but he could come on tomorrow. And, and is it hair and makeup? I, is it because he's an Ardian? I just said fifteen minutes, Joe. Like with your phone. Meanwhile, look, he's on Facebook. Like you ever go? You go on Facebook Messenger. It says like when you last were off Facebook. He's always on Facebook. Like so, while he's on Facebook, he could talk to us. No. 
I'm not on Facebook myself, but I'm glad that you're semi-stalking him there. And, I'm not, um, not semi-stalking him. I message him and said, dude, can you come on for 15 minutes? He's like, tomorrow. I'm like, dude, no, not tomorrow. Well, well granted, I said today or tomorrow. And, of course, he always picks tomorrow because I know tomorrow would come and he'd pick the next day. So either way, shout out, shout out Joey. To- yeah, we can't wait to have you on. Can't it's going to be, the, be the best show ever. It, it's actually seven years in the making because I wanted him to be in my first top three interviews. Me yeah, too. Didn't. He, did, he doesn't go on a lot. I don't see him. like He's not plastered all over podcasts. Like I, I, He does some squash skill stuff, and he does some odd like some odd videos come out with like him and his father when he was 12, and he's running around his underwear and his garden and shit like that. But for the most part, you don't see like very many. During the, during the lockdown, he tried to do like a video series, and... He could never quite get it, understand that you need to have your computer like raised up so you're not like staring down at it like you're looking into a hole. Like as many times as like I told him. Dude. Not like, yeah, <laughs> not like the picture perfect form right now that I'm seeing. Dude, I'm looking, looking at my hat. My hat is fresh. CS- oh, it's sporting the CSA. CSA. I like it. Ski cap, fresh. Looks that good. is pretty fresh. Why don't, why don't you do it where you can see it? Because that's not how you wear the hat. It's a side, side logo because you, you have to put it where the tag's in the back, no? You're probably right on these things. So um, uh, Chestnut Hill Academy at Chestnut I, Springside. Th- uh, that, we're gonna go to the see who won. Who won that, Connor? Did we get the name right though? Yeah. I told Rich. I was like, we're we're just plugging the name. Chestnut Hill Chestnut, Classic. Chestnut Hill Classic. Br- sp- presented by Chestnut Hill Springside. There you okay. go. There you go. Academy. Academy. From what Rich told me, just a great event. His members were really pleased, and his sponsors were really pleased. So there's already there's um, plans plans for a uh, a redux. Another, uh, another, a sequel, if you will. So um, that, which is great, because that that it, w- it was a great event, and it capped off by Olivia Fichter, the hometown hero, beating Olivia Klein in the final, um, and that catapulting Olivia Fichter up to her uh, number seven ranking in the world rankings that were released today. Her high, and that's correct. Yeah, career high. Yeah, oh, yeah de- definitely a career high. So yeah, good, good for Olivia. Yeah, good, good win. Um, fun squash. Uh, good, again, Olivia, Olivia Klein makes it to the. Um, to, to another final just need to push her over the over the finish line push her over the finish line i was rooting for just now i was rooting for hard 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 for olivia to win that's that's pretty funny bill thank you that's pretty funny appreciate yeah. it appreciate it that's 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 uh you know good follow-up to the the one the who the tour. one who the one who lives in philadelphia good follow-up to the live tour yeah the live tour yeah so i was rooting for the olivia from philadelphia very hard to win because I, I can't i don't really like the other olivia but I really wanted the, I really wanted the Olivia to win. So there you go. So like onward. Uh, there was what there was a women's 20 20k uh, taking place in Canada in Calgary. Calgary turning into the hotbed of squash. By the way, they had the men's event um, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, so Lucy Turmel uh, beat Lucy Beecroft in the final. But um, the match of the tournament was Tomato Ho, Tomato Ho. I call her Tomato Ho. Um, lost 12 um, 10 in the fifth to Termel in the semi. So Tomato was the, um, I, I don't know if she could be considered the defending champion because um, when she won it, she was Jose Loke. So what do you think, what do you think they do? Like, like, do they say like the defending champion, Jose Loke, or they say that's defending champion, Tomato Ho, Tomato Ho uh, lost in five. She was up two games to one, had a match ball uh, in the fifth. Um, some very, very, you know, last week I was talking about like that there might be a little conspiracy against Tomato Ho in the uh, PSA. There was some very, yeah. sus- very suspect calls in, in that match. I uh, I was probably one of the few uh, people uh, uh, w- watching that stream um, only because I, I, I do follow Tomato Ho's career closely. Um, and disappoint. I, I'm not one to complain about the refs. You know me. No dissent. I like think that the refs make their call. You shouldn't argue. But 
looked like there was a little tomato hole bias out in up up in uh, up in Calgary uh, with with Lucy Trammell. So I'm just saying that, just throwing it out there. Shout out to Tomato though. When she was Jose Loke, um, she uh, she she's now she was 48th in the world as Jose Loke. And, and when I say Jose, I don't mean J O S E. I mean uh, Ho Tze T Z E Loke. She was uh, 48th in the world. Since she's become Tomato Ho, skyrocketed up the uh, the rankings. Was as high as 26 last month. Now she's 34th. So um, continuing her strong her strong uh, her strong play. Uh, I see bright things. I'm looking for a great British Open run from Tomato Ho. I love your in-depth reporting, and uh, it's nice to see that she's clearly a, a fan favorite of yours. She she is clearly a fan favorite of mine, and uh, I wonder if she, I wonder if she you know can. How about this? How about if we get Tomato Ho on the show before we get Joey Barrington on the show? That'd be awesome. I, I I think that that is more likely. Or or tell <laughs> tell Joey we can't have you on today because Tomato Ho's on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You've been bumped, Joey. Uh, can you do the? Can exactly. Can we, can, we're going to push you to the C block. Um, I'm going to reach out to Tomato Ho to see if she is available next week to do a British Open Tomato Ho preview. Yeah. How about it. this? Catch up. Catch up with Tomato Ho. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh jeez! Come on, dude. Serious? That's good. That's that's, 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 pretty, that's pretty good. That's, that's my I feel a, like you. It's my A game this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, onward, 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 Connor. Let's get through this. Come on. We don't want to. Come on. Let's not, tor- let's not tor- 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 torture our listeners yeah. any more than we already have. Yeah. Canary Wharf. Canary Wharf. So best of three. Let's get. Let's yeah. get. Every year we go through the Canary Wharf best of three argument. No, weirdly that nobody complains about the about the um, best of three or, or comments on it when it's at uh, Netsuite for some reason, right? Like it, it doesn't maybe because it's men's and women's and there's so many matches and but people complain about Canary Wharf more than anything and I, I wonder if it's because it's men's only and so there's only a like a certain amount of matches so yesterday there were eight matches all of them went to love none of them lasted more than like 25 minutes or something ridiculous it was they were all very very short so I wonder if that's be, be the reason and tonight there's only four that, that's another thing Joey Barrington four matches tonight best two out of three is is there and you're probably not even doing them all so you could have yeah. come on the podcast. Don't tell me you're busy. But either way, either way, let's not get distracted. What do you think of the two or three at Canary Wharf? Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm always going to be a fan of of where we're trying to uh, experiment and innovate, and it really works well in that environment. It's it's always a sold out crowd, and yep. it, part of it is they know what they're getting. It's from five p.m. to ten. Like it wraps up then. They know they're going to get four matches. Um, it just works well from a entertainment perspective, and I think that's something we have to keep in mind. Versus, hey, this could be an hour and a half long match or two hours. Now we're behind. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing who you want to see, so it's a little bit more predictable. Yeah. So Joel Macon, uh, obviously, uh, you know, one one of the guys who seems like he would be the most affected by the two out of three because you know he plays long, long, long matches. But if he doesn't go five, he probably goes home and like cries. He, he's, yeah. What do you think he does when he when he plays two out of three? Like, what's Joel Macon's um, like day after that, like you know, after after a ninety minute, ninety five minute match against Paul Call, you know he has to go like you know get get uh get treatment, get 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 cooled down and get ready for the next match. Two out of three. What do we think? Joel Macon does? Does he go out and like like run the streets and run a marathon? What does he do? Yeah, I mean, you're sort of taking away one of his best weapons, mm-hmm. which is you know he can. Uh, I actually don't know this stat, but how amazing it'd be amazing to find out what is his um, how many games is he winning in five that go his way. Uh, you know, because 
with his fitness levels, that's where the edge comes back to him. Sure, a good podcast probably would have looked up that stat before you even brought it up. So, um, well, <laughs> somebody, if I, somebody, somebody out there with a good podcast could look that up and give give us some stats. We'll, we'll we promise we'll listen to you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Macon made had a great quote in the interview afterward. His match said, "Good squash is good squash." So, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, if you're up two games to one in a match, as he pointed out, you've won the match already. So, um, in, in the end, I like two out of three. Um, I think, uh, it, and the, again, con- controversial hot take by Bill. Um, I think two out of three is the way to go for the Olympics, to be honest with you. I think, uh, consuming that on television would be much easier for a non-squash fan who was watching the Olympics than watching three out of five. I, I think you're right in terms of, um, especially in the beginning if you're doing pool play or early rounds, mm. just get through it and then make the either semis and the finals three out of five. I, I don't, you know what? That's what I'm against with this. I think if it's two out of three, it should be a two out of three. I think two out of three all the way through. I, I don't I don't really like the fact that once the semis come, you're playing three out of five. You, you're a two out of three tournament. I, don't, I think that's what you're branded. Play it that way. Understanding that you want to maybe charge a little more for the, uh, for the semis and finals tickets and two out of three in the semis, you could literally be out of there. And, you know, if it's follow-on especially, you, you could be out of there in, like, half an hour. Yeah. So yeah. I, I understand it. But I don't I don't like switching to the three out of five once you get to the semis. But um, that being said, always a fun tournament. It's one of those tournaments that I've always wanted to go to. Um, it looks like next next to Grand Central that it, it probably has the best atmosphere in squash. Um, the, the crowd looks like it gets, you know, get they, they say it gets some be- they get some beers in them and it's loud and it, it it's always I mean, look last night, first first match of the day on a Sunday and you couldn't get a seat. It was packed, packed house. Yeah. So it was yeah. it looks really cool to watch. So have you have you ever been? Yeah. Um, I went, I think, two years ago at this point, And really? it was really. Yeah. Tell me. Tell, well, we couldn't get Joey on. So let's be. Ta- <laughs> do, you, do you do an English accent? No, it's nice that you're paying attention because I talked about this on another podcast that you and I were on um, and shared all about it. Really? But, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it was great. It was everything. It's one of those events that how you imagine it would be lives up to what it's like. Is it as and, as cozy as it seems as far yeah, as like the crowd on top of you? Yeah, it's definitely intimate because, um, you know, it's multi-level. So there's the ground level, then there's a balcony and then another balcony on top of that. Um, and it's great. And the whole crowd is, uh, it, uh, is really into it. I mean, it's reflected by it's just like grand central station. It sells out like every time, like you, it's hard to get a ticket. You got to buy early. What, what's more intimate? Um, uh, the, uh, Canary wharf or Chicago. It's a good question. I think for the fans, um, you're just so close in Chicago, right? Now, what what I wish which would be amazing is is like I like the multi tiered uh, events, and so you you just get more people, you get that energy. So it's it's really a, a toss up, I would say. And, and is the is the alcohol um, factor as big as they played up? Like like they played up to be like everybody's bomb there. I you know it didn't. No, it, like for me, I didn't witness that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone is certainly, you know, access to the bars is easy, and it's 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 like a good entertainment product. That's what it is. Like if you go to a Yankees game or you go to wherever, it's like is everyone lit up? No, but everyone is having fun and enjoying themselves. Okay. So it's definitely that. Okay, so it's you think you think it's a little overblown the fact that, like everybody online says yeah everybody's drunk at Canary Wharf. Not the case. I- I mean, what I, the? I guess maybe this isn't a good barometer where it's like you know, are people stumbling over and can barely make it out? 
that's not what I'm seeing. Well, so beside the matches that uh, obviously the, the tournament just started, uh, so we're into the second round. There's some um, the permeations. Is that a word? Permu- per, is it permutations or permeations? I think permutations. The permutations of the um, of the rankings uh, in this. You could tournament. have a premonition. Permeation. What's permeation mean then? I don't know. But you can have a premonition or a feeling about what's going to happen. Okay, so permutations means like the uh, the outcomes of yeah. the of like what's going to happen in the matches, like the permutations yeah. of the, if this person beats this person. Is that what that means? That's what I think. But I mean, we should probably uh, do a quick Google. Go ahead and Google Google it. Google it while I get my notes together on the permeations of the permutations. All right, that's really bad that we don't know that. Meanwhile, there's like twenty-year-old tomato hosts speaking like three different languages. Okay, permutation to alter, transform, change, or rearrange mashups, or uh, okay, so that's permutations is what we're looking permeations, for. Permutations, yeah. Was I right? Permutation. Permeation is when like you get uh, like something gets absorbed like into your. You got it. Cool. Yeah. About to that? Penetrate or saturate. Yeah. Oh. There you go. All right. Smart. Smart bill. That's smart bill. Um, so the permeation, the permutations of the uh, rankings. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. If, well, let's go with uh, Mustafa Saul first because he is the number one player in the world. He remains number one if he wins or is the runner-up of this event. Or if he loses in the semis and Sherbagi and Elias don't win the event. Or if he loses in the quarter and Sherbagi doesn't win the event or Elias doesn't make the finals. If all any of those... um, permutations happen um wow it's, i'm having like a siva sangari like um moment here with permutations or permeations okay um diego elias number two in the world he wins he becomes number one if he is the runner-up and asal doesn't reach the semis or and Sherbagi doesn't win the event or if he wins and asal doesn't reach the finals those are the two options that he has. Mohamed El Shabagi, if he wins and Asal doesn't make the final, he is the number one player in the world. So makes makes it somewhat fun. Interesting that a two out of three tournament could shake up the rankings like that. Um, Shabagi's been number one in the world before. Obviously, Asal is number one. It would be a big deal if Elias becomes number one because it, he would be the first South American ever to become number one. And Ali, yeah. well, who who's the uh, well? You would say would you say if, if Elias wins, he's the best Colombian player in the in the history of the of the country? No. Okay. That's it. Because he's that's an inside. He's from <laughs> I know. He's from Peru. I know. It's, yeah. an, it's an inside joke. Sorry about that. It's, that that, okay. that that joke will land with like seven people. Yeah, that'd be fun if uh like you know, I'm rooting for Diego to get yeah. world number one. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a third a third person. Um but all of a sudden Paul Call like out of the conversation, right? I mean, so weird that he's like this time last year Paul Call was the he had just won the Windy City Open. Uh, the Rob Owen, hey, if Paul Call plays plays his game, no one could beat him. Now it seems like like Paul Call's like an afterthought at these events now. It's strange. It's so strange. But there's always, you know, seeing what Sherbaggy's done. Yeah. People can always come back. You yeah, know? people can always come back. So before we move on and, and we, we wrap up, uh, wrap this up, I have to give a shout out to um, to the Alan Thatcher in the post-match interviews at, uh, at Canary Wharf. Um, whew, I I, I started watching. I watched it. I watched them last night, and I started watching them. And they went from me like going, like being almost a little cringy at times because they were so long and there's so many awkward pauses. To them, I, I believe now that Alan is an artist, and these these interviews are are they are. I mean, some of you have to watch it, Connor, to appreciate it. His interview 
well, people will talk about his interview with Wallstrap last night. They clocked in at over seven minutes. Granted, two out of three, you have a lot of time if these matches go quick because they're not follow-on. You have to wait. And I think they're scheduled for 45 minutes. So when these two out of three matches go, instead of letting the crowd just sit there and mumble amongst themselves, Allen goes out there and he basically— Filler. He, it's all about filler, baby. Dude, he asked some questions. And I, good good on James Wilshrop. I think James Wilshrop was so baffled um, by the end of it, he just— didn't didn't know what to say. You have to watch it. I don't have anything. One thing. It's the overall Willstrop interview where he covers from like Willstrop's first ever match at Canary Wharf all the way up till the current match at Canary, Canary Wharf. And he t- talks about his relationship with Nick Matthew. He t- talks about everything under the sun about uh, James being an act. It just he covers everything with a million awkward pauses and you have no idea where the question is going next. What I will give an example. I'll give two examples, actually. Um, the Nicky Mueller one. Nikki Mueller uh, comes out there, and Nikki Mueller's a great interview, typically, right? Um, and Alan asks him about the match, and then just says, just randomly says to him, "So, Black Ball, you played there last week." And that was the question. <laughs> Nikki's like looks at him, and good on Nikki for rebounding and says, "Yes, I played there." Nikki lost to the wild card uh, person in the first round, so it was a big upset. And Nikki kind of laughed it off, and then silence, like there is dead silence, and it's like awkward, and Alan's like going. Uh, 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 and kind of giggling to himself, or, or I don't know, maybe thoughts are running to his head, like maybe somebody speaking, voices are speaking to him. Out of nowhere, after a big silence, he goes, "Tell us about squash in Switzerland." <laughs> I mean, just randomly, and Nikki's like, "Uh, okay." And then Nikki starts talking about squash in Switzerland. So the the awkwardness of the questions, and they're just so random, like out of nowhere, like he'll be talking about the match, and then he'll just say, "And so, what's your favorite movie?" <laughs> like that kind of stuff. But and, and so we also had a, a Victor Cruin, uh, like, so you don't make a mistake. So one thing I've learned in emceeing is with Victor Cruin, you do not make a mistake. Like, like with a lot of people, you could, like, make make something up and they'll just, like, go along with you for the most part. Victor Cruin lets nothing, nothing slip by. So he comes out after his his win and they talk about the fact that he's the first match on court. And this was such a big event last year for Victor Cruin. He beat Paul Call, kind of kind of announced his presence on the world squash stage, right? With his yeah, last the top year. level. Yeah, yeah, the top level canary work. And so um, <laughs> Alan follows that up with, because um, he had just uh, beaten fellow Frenchman Sebastian Bommelay. And he says, well, you and Sebastian, you grew up playing juniors together. So what's it like playing with him? Of course, Victor Cruin cannot just like let that roll and say, yeah, you know, me and Sebastian are good friends. We've known each other for a long time. It's always tough playing a friend. He says, actually, no, we didn't grow up together. Sebastian grew up on some island somewhere, and we really didn't start playing until we were 17. <laughs> so it's true. It's so it's true. <laughs> yeah, Victor. Victor, Victor, not one to like let anything go. So shout out Victor Cruin. So either way, I'm, I'm imploring, if you don't want to watch two out of three squash and Canary Wharf, Fast forward to the interviews, and I tell you what, it's it's art. It's high art, for sure. Do you watch the interviews more than the matches at the, this I, point? I always go back and watch the interviews, 100%. Uh, but in this one, I would say I watched three minutes of squash on Canary Wharf yesterday on replay, and I watched every interview for in, from st- from start to finish. I watched the Willstrap interview three times. So you're watching game tape of other people. What's the takeaway? What 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 have you learned from others that you're trying I, to incorporate? I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I couldn't do what he's doing right now. Um, it's obviously not my style. Um, so I'm not. For the most part, yes, I do. Like I watched Gilly and Will and Jenny and like the really good MCs. I watch them and try to kind of get their style and try to maybe ask better questions because they're a little more immersed. Especially Gilly and Jenny are so immersed in this game that they know so much more about it than myself. Um, what is your style? 
my, my style is like I'm more like trying to like be loud, be pithy, make the questions quick, you know, and just keep the crowd up after a good match. Like as far as far as getting like in asking in depth questions and stuff like that, kind of buzzkill, I think. Not not your wheelhouse. Not my not I don't know enough, right? I, I can't like talk about oh, you know, so you know the attritional rally up and down the left side. You did that in the 1932 match against Jeff Hunt. Did that come back to you when you were doing that? No, I can't do that. I don't even know who Jeff Hunt is. For God's sake, except except it was his birthday this past week. Shout out Jeff Hunt. I don't watch Alan to pick up on any tips or anything like that. I watch Alan for the pure art theater of it, and it is theater, man. Go go watch it. Do yourself a favor and go watch it. Great. Love it. All right. Well, we're going to do the, the quick fan segment. You ready? I'm not ready for it, but go ahead. You were involved in this. I'm so sure. this was I'm this sure. was coming out of the um, Bill said what segment, right? And the this was the recap. Okay, let's do it. I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean. Okay. okay. So uh, Chris Smith texted Pat Cosker and said, why am I listening to Bill talk <laughs> about what he eats and how he plays golf? There you go, right? Okay. And then uh, you kind of called him out on that. Now, what... Chris then said and reached out to us said like, hey, I love listening to the pod and hearing where you eat. Pat doesn't get to control my tone of that. So it sounds like there's always two sides of the story. Maybe a little trouble in paradise between Pat and Chris Smith. I always thought, you know, they run the steamer together. Maybe a little too much time spent together in summers in Newport, possibly. Just maybe, maybe a little trouble in paradise. Since we're not yeah. allowed to talk about your relationships, Connor, we could at least talk about Chris Smith and Pat Oscar. You know, there's a bromance there for sure. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I think we should. We we we're overdue to get them on the podcast. You know, the duo via duo. Right, right. We can share the air the dirty laundry, so to speak. So, so I do have one. Some someone uh, who doesn't know anything about about squash. Uh, one of my neighbors um, asked me about me messing up Siva some sub Romanium's name, and he's like, "Why would you joke about that on a podcast? Like when you're trying to get MC gigs and stuff like that." And I'm like, "Well, I said if you're a promoter." And you have a choice between having Siva Subramanium in your tournament or me as your MC. I mean, are you are you going to pick a possibly a generational player who has such a great backstory, who almost died in a car accident, who if she wins your tournament could like basically make break into mainstream news and like really elevate the sport of squash? Are you going to pick like a like a sixty year old balding pudgy guy who like knows very little about squash? I, I think. I think it shows that you're open and honest about your passion and your progress. Right. Yeah. Love I think you bring more to the table than just uh, just that. Thank you, Connor. I appreciate it. All right, we got through that. That was, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna edit that and see. We if, turn that around. See if we, we turned it around. All right, Connor. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, we will see you next week. Uh, we look for the wrap up of Connor. You know what? Joey Barrington next week. We look forward to it. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe him and Matt Damon. All right. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.